Hey everyone, welcome to My Wife the Dietitian, a weekly podcast about lifestyle and healthy eating. I'm Rob and together with my wife Sandra, we invite you to join us on this informative yet entertaining journey through the complex world of healthy eating. We'll cover everything but the kitchen sink. Each week we'll discuss topics ranging from how to protect yourself from developing cancer, spicy foods to rev up the libido, to caring for your palliative grandfather with Alzheimer's. We'll also delve into more complex issues like, what the heck is oat milk? Why doesn't my butt fit into these jeans? And every guy's favorite question, will eating spinach really make it bigger? Join us each week as we strive to educate, enlighten, and entertain you. It's a heat wave in the summer. Are you feeling the burn? Heartburn, that is. Today we're discussing acid reflux, heartburn, or GERD. About 40% of North Americans, almost one in two people, have experienced acid reflux or heartburn at some point in their lives. What an awful and distressing feeling to have acid come back up into your throat. Heartburn is not about having excess stomach acid. It's having the acid come up into the wrong place. What are some of the contributing risk factors for heartburn? What are some of the common lifestyle triggers other than spicy foods and coffee? Join Rob and I for 10 tips to heal the burn with acid reflux. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to My Wife the Dietitian. Episode 31. Hello, Sandra. Hi, Rob. It's uh, summer. It's hot. It is Are hot. you feeling the burn? I'm feeling the sweat in my armpits. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to talk about heartburn, acid reflux, and GERD, gastroesophageal reflux disease. That's a crazy word. GERD. 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 Yeah. And we're going to talk about what is it, the symptoms, why it's so common in North America, some of the risk factors that are involved with people that have uh, heartburn or experience heartburn, food and lifestyle triggers, and then diet and lifestyle changes to help with 10 tips to heal. Sounds like burn. an excellent show. Okay. I will be sure to stay tuned. Yeah, I think a lot of people experience heartburn at some point in their lives. I had some heartburn in high school with this girl I dated once. <laughs> what does that, that mean? Is that what we were talking about? Is that kind of, oh no, that's heartache. <laughs> that's different. That's, yeah. I haven't had any heartache since I've met you though, honey. Oh, honey, that's nice to hear. Great. Little, wow, 24 little, years of marriage and you can say that. Or 23, sorry. A little heartburn though, once in a while, but <laughs> I don't think that's related to you. But but we'll find out. So, so let's, <laughs> well, stress uh, is part of it. So let's get to it. Maybe I do cause you stress. Oh, but. tons. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. So what is it? What is it? Well, didn't you say that you've experienced it? No, that was heartache. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm sure most people know what it feels like to have heartburn. Like when you almost like some people confuse it with a heart attack. It can be so severe. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not entirely sure that I understand what it is when I'm experiencing it. Okay. It's kind of like that sour taste and, and it's like a backup of acid from the stomach in like, your throat. I get something that it makes me feel like my chest is like getting squeezed in a vice and it's, I, I can't breathe and I can't swallow and it, like, Yes. And then it kind of goes away. It feels like this huge lump in my chest. And then, and it's when I eat carrots, which is really odd, but 
I think it's odd. Maybe there's something. To I think it's when that, it's raw carrots for you. It is raw. Yeah. So, and I swallow them whole. So maybe that's part of it. <laughs> you should take some lessons from the bunny rabbits. I know, right? No, I don't. I don't really swallow them whole. I'm just being funny, but um, that that would explain why I feel this lump in my chest, though. Well, I think it's partly the chewing, and we're going to talk about that. Remember, in episode 15, we talked about chew your food well. Chew it well, yeah. Yeah, if you're swallowing big chunks of food without digesting it with your like the pre-digestion of the chewing in your mouth, then uh, that yeah that could definitely impact how it goes down. Right. Okay. So have we dis- have we discussed what it is yet? Well, it's when the valve between the stomach and the es- uh, esophagus is relaxed, and so the are, stomach. Are you referring to the esophageal? Um, Sphincter. <laughs> I, I thought I had it on the tip of my sphinx. tongue. I wanted it to sound all like, <laughs> like I've been an researching. Egypt. Sphinx. The sphinx. No. no, that's a different. The sphincter in your esoph- esophagus. Yeah. Well, there's this long tube that goes from your throat to your stomach. It's called the esophagus, and it's part of the GI tract. And at between the esophagus and the stomach, the stomach has acid to digest our food, and it's hydrochloric acid, and it's really acidic, like really high acidity. Mm-hmm. So that the stomach lining has different cells than the esophagus. And so that stomach acid should not really come up to the esophagus. And when it does, and it burns that tender tissue, then we experience heartburn. That's what heartburn is. And, um, or acid reflux is another uh, way, a term, or the gastroesophageal reflux disease. And that's when you have it chronically. And maybe you're having medication to treat it. And that's GERD. GERD. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very, very common. Like 40% of North Americans. Hmm. I'm guessing it's related. Well, it's obviously related to our diet. Or Definitely related I mean, to the diet. The diet and, triggers it. Yeah. And lifestyle habits. Right. Okay. And uh, yeah, other than, well, we talked about a few symptoms, but also like yeah, food, getting food stuck in your throat or, or feeling like your chest is tight, um, even like having a cough, like maybe sometimes you have to cough because the acid is, is irritating your throat. Right. So that happens. There's many different symptoms that people experience, all very uncomfortable. Yeah. And a little bit like you feel a bit like, well, when you said that it's, yeah, it's stuck. Scary. It's, it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. Like what's going on? I feel like. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of panic setting totally. in, and, which probably makes things worse because yeah. you need to just relax and exactly let it pass. That's right, and it probably will pass. It's but it is a very concerning uh, feeling. Totally. Yeah, and why is it so common? Um, a lot of reasons, but uh, our stomach acidity actually starts to go down after age twenty. So it's interesting because it's actually not about excess stomach acid. Oh, really? Yeah, because I think a lot of times people think, oh, I've got to reduce my stomach acid because I've got heartburn. But Oh, you mean like the acid in your food? They got to eat a different diet? Is that what you mean? Or just like, oh, I have too much stomach acid. That's why I have heartburn. But how would you reduce that? Well, what's happening is the stomach acid is in your stomach is coming up and oh, okay. coming into your throat. So that's that feeling of, oh my gosh, I got too much acid. But actually it's probably you don't have enough acid because after age 20, our level of stomach acid actually goes down, which is not good because the stomach acid is needed to digest our food. 
Right. Okay. Interesting. And so if things aren't getting digested, then there's the, you can get bloating, you can get indigestion and a lot of issues because we're not digesting our food well. Huh. And uh, so by the age of 45, a lot of people, many are popping Tums or, you know, an antacid to help with reducing that uh, heartburn feeling. Right. And people that are on antacids, like long term, especially the uh, ones that you have to get a, a prescription, they can actually reduce your B12 absorption. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So people get a B12 deficiency, vitamin B12, and that's not a good thing. It affects your stomach lining, doesn't it? Well, there's, um, it's called the intrinsic factor in your stomach, and you need the stomach acid for your absorption of B12. And if you don't have that stomach acid, then you don't absorb the B12. And that can be a real cause of problems in especially older people. Right. So you said people are like feel like they're, they're they have too much acid and they need to reduce it. So they're reducing it by popping the antacid. The antacid, and that's just and that's what it does. It it does reduce the acid. Yeah, it changes the pH. So actually, it disturbs the delicate acid alkaline balance of the body and in the stomach, and then that can actually make it worse in terms of digestion and, right. and helping to digest your food. They're kind of treating it the wrong way. Well, I mean, it, it helps temporarily. It's like a Band-Aid effect. But it's it's important to kind of figure out the root causes of the heartburn. Like, why are you having this acid reflux? Right. And not just like, you know, taking a Tums or taking eight Tums a day just because you're having heartburn and yeah, acid yeah. reflux. So I remember in our... Our, one of our episodes, we were talking about Tums with oh, the, uh, calcium. the calcium. Yeah. And they have a huge amount of calcium in them, and you're like overloading, like calcium overload. That's true. If you're popping Tums, but they don't really say that on the label that they kind of treat them like they're just like these little, like people eat them like candies almost. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like episode 18 was calcium cracking the bone density code, and we talked a little bit about Tums in that one. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I mean, some people do use them as a calcium supplement, but you don't want to take Tums like too many chronically. You should see your healthcare practitioner and figure out what's going on. And maybe you need a stronger treatment, something different. But definitely try some of the diet and lifestyle changes that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Perfect. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So some of the risk factors. Um, for heartburn or acid reflux are being overweight. So having too much um, body fat can affect the heartburn triggers. Smoking actually can relax the esophageal sphincter and that can cause problems for people. If you're a smoker, you might have more heartburn. Um, Also overeating. So just the portion size and eating too much at a meal, like then there's this pressure, your stomach is the volume of your stomach, you think of eating and your stomach's increasing the volume and it's pushing up on the diaphragm. And that diaphragm is pushing up on where the uh, where your throat is. Right, right. That kind of makes sense. And that actually leads to the other one in for pregnancy, a lot of women in their third trimester, they have that issue, the heartburn, because the hormones, pregnancy hormones relax the esophageal sphincter and also the diaphragm, the baby is pushing up like the, the, um, all the, you know, you think the, the, pl- belly. the placenta and the baby yep. and the, all that it's pushing up on the diaphragm, which then causes heartburn and 
and acid reflux. So that's really, really uh, awful feeling for many women. No doubt. Yeah. Late night eating. Oh, wow. That's a huge one. That's uh, because you're eating and you're probably not eating salads or broccoli or, you know, cruciferous vegetables at late night and then you eat and then you go to sleep and you lie down so you lie down horizontal and then what happens the stomach contents can come up and that's uh can make it worse too yeah and then people that have had digestive issues maybe they lack stomach acid for different reasons maybe they have ibd ibs or maybe bacterial overgrowth because they have chronic low stomach acids so they're, the stomach acid isn't actually breaking down the foods and then they get the bacteria overgrowth and then that can cause bloating and indigestion and gas and definitely heartburn right Right. Oh, and I didn't mention also some of the other risk factors, people that use NSAIDs or like uh, like ibuprofen or naproxen or aspirin can actually, that can lead to problems with gut health and the microbiome and also acid reflux. Because it kind of eats away at your stomach and you're going to get ulcers and that sort of thing. Yeah, the stomach lining. And yeah, you tell me that with ibuprofen because I pop them once in a while if I've got sore muscles and yeah. Don't take them too often. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's... Because uh, they do work and you're like, oh, I'll just take one of these. I'll feel better. And, and then it becomes a daily habit, which you don't want to do. It's like a it's like a last resort, I'd say. If you're oh, feeling yeah. like you can't stretch out those muscles and you need to like be able to sleep at night. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a medication. So it's got a cascading effect of it can affect a lot of different things. And the gut is such an important part of our immune system and our health and how we feel like our daily, just how we're feeling, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's your core. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, some of the triggers, the food and lifestyle triggers that can aggravate heartburn. What do you think? Uh, well, I would say spicy foods, right? Uh, Probably, uh, heavy, greasy foods. Yeah, that's a big one. Sugar, maybe? I don't know. I'm Interesting. Just, like, yeah. Things that things that are are going to have a reaction in your body. So I'm thinking like sugar, caffeine, spicy foods, that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, yes, yeah, spicy strong, foods. Strong flavors. Yeah, ex- uh, black pepper, spicy foods, citrus yeah. foods for some people, tomato. They can all irritate the inflamed tissue in the esophagus. So if you're having chronic heartburn and the tissue is inflamed and you know feeling you're feeling the burn um those spicy foods can definitely irritate those those inflamed tissues Hmm. also coffee regular and decaf can cause the esophageal muscle to relax so it's not it caffeine is part of it but also decaf coffee there's chemicals in coffee that can cause this the esophageal muscle to relax interesting and chocolate cocoa peppermint spearmint and mint teas can lower the pressure in the lower esophagus which can aggravate heartburn Hmm. which is interesting because people think oh mint tea is soothing but it's actually it it it's a trigger to heartburn yeah that is kind of opposite of what you think but fennel i love fennel fennel is actually soothing and a good herb to to chew on after a meal what do they call the little black seeds they give you in a restaurant sometimes? Fennel. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Isn't, isn't there another name for it? It's like uh, something inth. 
like it's got that in, do you know what i'm saying it's got that <laughs> in in the word like uh uh anyway i'll get back to you on that <laughs> okay it'll be it'll be an epilogue that's right okay so those are um some of the ones uh Alcohol is a real trigger. It, it um, relaxes the esophageal sphincter too. And so definitely alcohol can impact heartburn in a big way. Um, and you you nailed it. The deep fried, greasy foods, fatty meats, those can definitely affect heartburn. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Does it? Well, spicy food for sure. I mean, you're going to have a reaction to sticking something fiery in your body, I would think. Yeah, <laughs> that's where it's going is through that whole gut system. So, I mean, yeah, for some people, it's going to set off some alarms. Yeah, I yeah. Think. And your body needs bile salts to help digest the fattier foods. And that could actually irritate the esophagus if you have reflux also. Right. Okay. Still trying to think of that word. Okay. Well, do it after. <laughs> okay. It's, it's going to bug me though. I know. I know. So those are the um, those are some of the food triggers, but we didn't talk about the lifestyle triggers, other than the NSAIDs and the those medications that can irritate uh, the stomach. What about just like tight fit, tight like tightly fit clothing? No, I don't think that would bother you at all. <laughs> okay. No. Bending over with wearing like tight jeans yeah, or something. I used to hate the eighties because of the tight jeans. It's so uncomfortable. <laughs> Do you remember when you I buy jeans good. and you go and sit into a uh, like a bathtub of water to shrink them? Did uh, you ever do that? No, I never went that far. Oh, okay. I think girls' jeans were a lot tighter than guys' jeans. <laughs> yes. But That's yeah, right. no, that wasn't a. Th- and then they came out in the nineties with like mega baggy jeans, that were, like. <laughs> down like, to your knees oh thank god <laughs> no. well yeah, they were they were a bit extreme though yeah so. not not as uh form-fitting but no. yeah the tight clothing can definitely impact heartburn for sure i would think so and as any um woman in third trimester would tell you that like oh my gosh you need to have you know some elastic and some stretch there or i was always envious of those pants they had like the big elastic (laughs) in the front yeah i'd like some of those (laughs) after your turkey dinner because they still look like form-fitting pants but they got this giant elastic band in the middle that allows you to breathe yeah yeah expand absolutely needed yeah (laughs) So yeah, bending over can like if you're gonna tie your shoes or pick something up, and that can cause a like heartburn. Yeah, that's where Velcro shoes and slip-ons come in handy. <laughs> that's right. Um, and then the big one, stress, can definitely impact indigestion. Yeah, I mean, stress can manifest itself in your body in different ways, but I'm sure for some people, it's in your stomach. You get stress. You get diarrhea. You're gonna feel. Yeah. Got your uncomfortable, uneasy stomach, you know, like nervousness. That's where you feel it in your stomach, right? Absolutely. You got to go and say a big speech in front of your your audience of people or whoever they are, your classmates or your whoever. Do you get stressed before we do this? Before we do this? Like talk to each other on the mic? No, because we have an invisible audience. (laughs) I have no idea who I'm talking to. (laughs) That's true. Well... We love you all. You can picture I just, someone. I just don't know who you are. <laughs> so it's funny. kind of it's kind of interesting. But no, that's right. I mean, when you're if there's something happening in your life that is a stressful event, uh, you're more likely to be in that fight or flight mode and like not eat well. You're just kind of, you know, eating to survive. And then so you're probably not 
eating the right things. You might be eating like highly processed foods or fast foods, totally. you know, and any kind of symptoms that you're experiencing or feeling are going to be probably, you know, aggravated or highlighted if you're under stress. So, oh God, the heartburn is worse. And so it's just, you know, you have just a lower tolerance for daily living. Right. Exactly. Yeah. This, the things of daily, the stress of daily living. Um, so some of the diet and lifestyle changes to help and 10 tips to heal. I want to talk about those because oh, that's awesome. the, that's the main well, reason for, yes. yes. Spill your secrets. <laughs> well, the number one, let's talk about stress management and self care because, uh, taking care of yourself is a really important aspect of healing the burn and the heartburn. Yeah. Let's find something that works. There's lots of ideas out there. Yeah, they're like exercise regularly, taking walks outside, getting like fresh air, meditation, yoga, maybe a yoga class, um, you know, going out with a friend for coffee or <laughs> maybe for, maybe not coffee, but it depends on how bad your heartburn is. Yeah. Um, having a nice relaxing bath with candles, massage, that kind of thing. So some sort of way to you know, self-care and incorporate that daily. The people who need it the most, like the people who are saying, oh, I don't have time for that. I'm too busy. I can't fit that in. They're the ones who need to do it the most because mm -hmm. they're probably the ones with the higher risk factors to begin with, like the stress and the overworked and, and probably not eating well. And Oh, totally. You know, yeah. So make it a priority. Your health is, is at least number one or number two priority absolutely you know, like if you're not if you're not healthy you're no good to anybody so that's right it's like a, the time out whatever it is an hour a day or half an hour 20 minutes just to get a little bit of self maintenance yeah self love well i don't want to say self love because that sounds that just sounds wrong but you know what i mean look after just yourself self care look at yeah look after yourself so um the next one is chew well chew chew chew, chew eat slowly so looking back at episode 15 is where we talked about chewing your food well and, and good digestion. And it all starts in the mouth, right? When you're, you've got to chew. Remember how we talked about the importance of chewing the food well and eating slowly because then that helps to start the digestion process mm -hmm. with your saliva and, and that helps break down the food um, so that when, it, when you actually swallow, it's going to start to already be pre-digested when it gets to your stomach yeah the other thing i might mention too is when you are eating don't try to multitask don't try to like do your work while you're eating off the side of your desk because then you're not focusing on your eating yes and you're not focusing on chewing and tasting your food and it's like eating should be a relaxing event yes and if you're if you're trying to like you know rush to finish this project for your deadline and you're jamming a whatever into your face you're not going to, you're not going to digest that very well. It's, it's going to be full of stress going down and. Oh it's, yeah. Yeah. It's going to come back to haunt you. Or yeah. The same thing like eating on the road, like dashboard dining. You're probably, if you're eating while you're driving, then you're not focusing on that food. And, and sometimes that's another reason for overeating because you forgot that you even ate because you're done eating and you think, did I even eat? Yeah. Because <laughs> you're thinking about your project or you're thinking about whatever else you're doing. Yeah. Obviously, we have to do that sometimes. We all do it. But the idea is to minimize that. Don't make that your regular routine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I mentioned about eating after dinner. Like, so 
try not to eat after dinner. That's a really good rule of thumb. Most people don't need to have anything after dinner. There's a few, like there's definitely some people that need to have a snack before bed, but most people don't. And it's a good habit, especially if you're dealing with heartburn, to try not to eat uh, like about three hours before bed. Right. So that you give your body some time to digest your meal before you lie down because that, you know, as I mentioned, if you lay down right after eating, that's going to make the heartburn worse. Yeah, you want to just be able to sleep when you go to bed. You don't want your body to be like still digesting and working on that process instead of working on the sleeping process. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, The next one is reduce your portion size because a lot of times we're just overeating you know, at whatever meal, uh, especially dinner. But if you reduce your portion size, and there's two aspects to this, like if you're having large portions of starchy foods like rice or pasta or like a big portion of that, that's like, you know, the plate ratio is off, then the undigested starch ferments in the colon. And then that there's chemicals that cause the esophageal sphincter to relax. And then that will cause heartburn and acid reflux. And that's, then, yeah, that's really interesting. Just the body chemistry, how it, it reacts and it all works. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So also like, you know, pasta, bread, cereal, rice. Um, a, a good way to, uh, a, a good strategy to reduce your portion size. Really simple. Just use smaller plates yeah. or smaller bowls. Because if you have a big, huge bowl and you put like one scoop of, say, your dinner's like a pasta dinner, you put one scoop, like a ladle scoop in that big bowl, it doesn't look like much. So you're like, oh, that's not enough. I better load it up, right? And you end up with like three or four scoops. Right. Whereas if you put that same one scoop in a smaller bowl, it fills the bowl and then, hey, I got a full bowl and that's really probably all you need in the first place. It's the optical illusion effect. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that because that's just... I suffer from that issue and I just look at the bowl and go, that's not enough. I I, I need more (laughs) than that. So it does work having a smaller bowl. So give it a try if you need to work on your portions. And we'll definitely talk about that in a future episode about like how to reduce your portions, like in a more systematic way. But yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a good, good way to do it, Rob. Yeah. Well, thank you. I learned that from someone I know. (laughs) Okay. When we had kids and then we had like s- small plates and so I said, hey, use a small plate. No, I'm just joking. No, you've always given me a hard time about that. Hard time? Well, you you bring it up. No, I don't. Some, I, sometimes you do. No, I don't think you've, I do. You've maybe mentioned it a couple of times. Okay, well. Yeah. Okay. Um, maybe I'm, when I'm in immersed in a class uh, with a group of clients and we're talking about portion size and that's really hot like topic on my mind and I bring that home and I don't think you've mentioned it specifically to me okay okay no I just think you've mentioned it in general yeah sorry I mean you were picking on me or anything okay good I don't I try not to do that yeah you know better Um, the next thing is, oh, so with the portion size, remember I said there was two aspects to that. So the starchy foods, you don't want to have like mega portions of the starchy foods. And then also on your meal or in your meal, you want, you want to reduce the fatty foods because remember we said that was a trigger, the deep fried, greasy, the fatty meats. So think of the sausage, sausage and bacon and sauces too. Yeah, Absolutely ice cream and chips, uh, baked goods. So all those kind of 
fattier foods can be triggers for heartburn and acid reflux. So you you want to reduce those to smaller amounts. Sounds good. Yeah. And then uh, the next one, number five, is heal the microbiome. So we need to have good gut health to have good digestion and to prevent the heartburn. And that's, uh, you know, I think there's just so much more we're learning about the microbiome and how to have good gut health to improve digestion. Yeah. And there's some aspects to that, like the probiotics and prebiotics. Right. So uh, remember probiotics. Where do we get probiotics in our diet? Yogurt. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one with acidophilus and bifidus uh, strains. Um, Kefir is another dairy product that's like yogurt. It's kind of like a milky yogurt. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, Um, fermented uh, fermented products. So uh, sauerkraut, kimchi, those are probiotics. And then there's, for people that, you know, need a bigger dose, they might be able to get a supplement and ask their doctor about that, especially if you've been on antibiotics, uh, like long-term antibiotics, or you have issues with your gut biome. So probiotics is a good, it restores your, the, the microbiome, the gut health. Nice, right. And remember, you need prebiotics, which is the food for the probiotics. And those are in a lot of um, different regular foods. We eat like bananas and oats and flaxseed, barley, asparagus, seaweed actually okay. has some prebiotics. So nice. Yeah, some yeah, we've talked about those before, I think. And root vegetables. Yeah, so those would be helpful to make sure that you have good gut health and you're getting enough of the prebiotics and probiotics to help things feel better in your stomach. Make your tummy feel better. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So the next one's interesting because it's kind of the opposite of what you would think. It's actually adding some acid to help increase your stomach acidity. Because remember I said earlier how it's not that we have excess stomach acid happening. It's just that it's in the wrong place. It's getting pushed out of the stomach into a esophagus where it's not supposed to be. So, but we want enough acid in our, in our gut, in our stomach to be able to digest food well. So maybe adding a little bit of like having apple cider vinegar or having lemon juice and water, that can actually help to increase your stomach acidity in some cases. And how do, how do, how would you know if that's what you need? If you try it for maybe a week and if it helps, it's hard to know, like it's hard to know for sure because are you trying other things too? Are you right. trying all these things? Are you taking medication? So there's a lot of factors, right, sure. that could compound the the results. But uh, for some people, having a little bit of like lemon juice and water can help with the acidity and to help with increasing your stomach acid. So that will help with digestion. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't think it is like the opposite you, you would think, but. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and actually, number seven is eating more alkalinic, like uh, foods that are more on the scale of alkalinity and are more whole food, like whole foods. That's so, the opposite of acid. That's right. Yeah. And more like so vegetables, like cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, kale, cauliflower, uh, sweet potatoes are really good, uh, squash. Um, ginger and licorice and fennel are some herbs that are and spices that are really um, helpful with um, kind of the alkalinity to get uh, those good foods in there and 
oatmeal, barley, kidney beans, sweet potato, green peas, they all help with getting, you know, th- that those whole foods in. Right. And actually looking back at episode 17, um, it's about increasing your fiber in your diet because a lot of times people just don't have enough fiber. Remember we said like 95% of the population is not getting enough fiber in their diet? Yeah, yeah. And that can actually contribute to problems with heartburn too. So um, if you are lacking in fiber, um, that could affect the acid reflux. Yeah, there you go. Good to know. The other thing, uh, number eight is uh, taking, some people use digestive enzymes before they eat because that will help with breaking down the food. So you can just usually buy those over the counter. Some natural things that are helpful, like, you know, like the ginger chews or... Well, there's Tums. I mean, there's there's those kind too, but... The, well, those... No, that's an antacid. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's different, Rob. Totally different. Yeah, yeah. Digestive enzyme is something that helps to break down the food. So you take it before you eat. Is that what Beano is? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. That's the most common one that you can buy in the grocery store. It's very, it's harmless in terms of um, if you take Beano, it's not going to cause harm. You know, it's not, it's, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's, uh, it it's creates. not a medication. It's not a drug. So that's why you buy it in like just over the counter. It's like a catalyst that creates a reaction as you're digesting your food. It's, it it's an, it. yeah, break. So an enzyme helps to break down the food particles. Right. Yeah. In their smaller, like smaller constituents. You still have to chew your food though. Yeah. Well, that's the best way to yeah. break it down, right? Is chew, chew, chew. <laughs> um, okay. The next one, nine, is drinking fluids between your meals. Not like you don't have to be, you know, obsesses about this like for some people they need to have a little bit of fluid as they're drinking like you can sip but if you're having uh, big amounts of fluid try to drink it between meals because for there's two reasons for this the volume so if your your stomach has a certain amount of volume right and you're already eating if you drink a lot of fluid then it's going to get over like almost expanded like too big and full yeah, full, and then it pushes up the diaphragm. So especially like women in the third trimester of pregnancy, they could have that uh, you know pressure up, the upward pressure that's mm-hmm. causing the heartburn. So uh, drinking fluids between meals helps, and it also helps to um, maintain the concentrated stomach acidity, so that to help break down your food when you're eating a meal. So just sips of fluid um, at meals, and then drink more between the meals so instead of guzzling a whole bunch of water or whatever you drink at your meal just sip at your meal and and spread out that volume of of beverage yeah yeah i see yeah yeah exactly if you're dealing with acid reflux and heartburn then uh drinking your water and fluids between meals is a better idea yeah makes sense and then the last one is the obvious uh Avoid the triggers that we talked about. Avoid those foods that are causing discomfort, like spicy foods, black pepper, citrus foods for some people, chocolate, uh, peppermint, coffee, alcohol is a big one. They they can be real triggers for heartburn and acid reflux. Yeah, if you have those problems, then avoid them. But yeah, it's a great list. It's it's really uh, uh, diverse. Yeah. Well, well, there's things that yeah, it's. Yeah, I mean, it should give people a lot of ideas if they do suffer from these things because there's a lot of things on there that I had no idea about. Oh, 
Oh, so, good. Okay, yeah. that's I good mean, to I, hear. You think of the obvious ones like don't eat spicy food, but and Papa Tums if you don't feel good, but everything else. I mean, some of them are obvious. They drink more fluid and whatnot, but uh, yeah, I think there's some good ideas on there. And popping a Tums, I mean, it can get out of hand. Like you might be popping eight Tums every day, and then that's like uh, indicating that maybe you need to go see your doctor and you know have something like other. Yeah. You know, get some more diagnostics that's, and that's figure a, out the root causes. That's a signal. If mm. you're doing that, maybe uh, look into it. Yeah. It is It is just a Band-Aid fix, and it could cause harm if you keep doing it regularly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's just do a recap. Okay. Okay, for um, some to- 10 tips to heal with heartburn. Okay. And uh, yeah. so stress management, number that, one. That's a big one, yeah. Yeah. yeah look after yourself. Chew well, eat slowly, eat in a relaxed atmosphere. Um, looking at episode 15 to, you know, review that chewing well. Number three is try not to eat after dinner. Like give yourself at least three hours before bed from eating. Yeah. Uh, number four is reducing the portion size. So of, of your meal, Especially if it's at night you're having heartburn, then maybe your dinner meal needs to be smaller portion. Mm -hmm. And look at what you're doing. Like, what's the plate ratio? Is it, you know, maybe you have too much of the starchy foods and then they're getting the undigested starch is actually getting fermented in the colon and causing some heartburn. And try to pay attention to like, like do a little experiment with yourself. It's like, okay, well, if I eat a giant turkey dinner and I feel like crap after, maybe there's a relationship there. Right. Right. Yes. So yes. pay attention to what, you know, what things are triggering for you and, and maybe try to avoid those things. Yeah. And then the, the next with the portion size, again, number four, we're still on this, is the fatty foods. Like mm-hmm. that's a big one. Um, sausage, bacon, greasy, fried, deep fried foods. Those can be real triggers. Um, mm-hmm. So try to, you know, reduce if you are having that in a meal, then reduce how much you're having, how much ice cream you're having. Are you eating too many bakery items like the donuts or this, you know, danishes? Those can, those can cause problems too. So that's number four. Number five is try to heal your microbiome and, and get a healthier gut. So, you know, it takes a bit of time, but to improve digestion, you want to make sure you're getting those prebiotics and probiotics in daily and, just um, really kind of making maybe take a like do a journal a symptom journal and just uh, make note of what you're eating and how that's making you feel right so try to heal the microbiome and then number six is add acids so maybe the apple cider vinegar or a little bit of lemon juice and water to help increasing stomach acidity right uh, number seven uh, try to have more of those whole foods, the cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, kale, cauliflower, oatmeal, sweet potatoes, squash, those good foods, you know, ginger, licorice, fennel. Yeah, yeah. Absinthe. Okay, right. That's, I think that's... That's the word I was thinking was of. It? So what is that? Isn't that a thing? I thought that was another word for the fennel seeds. There's a seed that's similar to that that they give you in like Greek restaurants or something. Oh, I thought that was fennel. Well, it's like fennel, but I think it's a different a different word or s- very similar thing. Anyway, that's the word, and we'll just carry on with our list. I'll, <laughs> okay. I'll do some more research and 
we'll get back to you in the epilogue. Okay, that'd be good. Um, number eight, digestive enzymes before eating. So Bino is a good example of a, a, a digestive enzyme that you would eat before you eat beans or before you eat, uh, you know, gassy vegetables. And right. that might help with uh, heartburn and acid reflux. Number nine, try to sip fluids at meals and drink the most of your fluids between your meals to help with acid reflux. And then number 10 is avoid those triggers. So the ones we talked about, alcohol, coffee, um, regular and decaf, uh, chocolate, cocoa, peppermint, mint teas, uh, spicy foods, black peppers, um, citrus fruits, they can all irritate the inflamed tissue in the esophagus. So we want to try to avoid the triggers that are making it worse. Absolutely. And it might just be temporary. You might not have to, you know, avoid those forever or, you know, maybe just less, you know, have less of them if it's causing problems. But um, yeah, if you're having a real episode of heartburn, then those things can really be worsening the symptoms. Totally. Awesome. Well, that was great information. Thanks for uh, sharing that with us today. And uh, yeah, you guys got some homework to do. Go try some different things and see what works and what doesn't and pay attention to what you're eating and what you're doing in your life that might be causing the issues and hopefully uh, make some changes. Thanks, Rob. All right, Sandra. We'll see you all next week. Excellent. Enjoy the summer heat without the burn. Absolutely. Take care. As promised, I've dug up some info on that mystery word I was struggling with. If you recall, we were discussing the digestive effects of fennel seeds, which have a very distinct black licorice flavor. Anise is another plant whose seed also have that black licorice flavor. Both of those seeds are used to make absinthe, a strong licorice-flavored alcohol that is touted by some to aid in digestion, uh, likely from the fennel and anise. Given that all three have similar effects and flavor, I'm sure you can understand my confusion. Given what else I've read about absinthe, you might want to stick to the fennel seeds for your digestive issues. Absinthe sounds like it's some pretty potent stuff. Thanks for joining us today on My Wife the Dietitian. If you like what you heard, don't be shy. Leave us a comment or review and be sure to share our podcast with your friends. If you'd like to hear more, hit that subscribe button. You can also follow us on our social media pages for updates, episode trailers, and other odds and ends. For more info and links on what we discussed on today's episode, check the show notes. We'll be back next week with another informative and fun-filled episode. Thank you.